The AMA Moving Medicine podcast highlights innovation and emerging issues that impact physicians and patients today. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's Moving Medicine video and podcast. I'm so excited today to have Dr. Clyde Yancey on the program in honor and recognition of Black History Month. Uh, Dr. Yancey is the Vice Dean of Diversity and Inclusion and the Chief of the Division of Cardiology at Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago. And we'll be talking about the importance of recognizing Black pioneers in medicine. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Yancey, it's so great to have you back. Um, you recently co-authored a viewpoint with Dr. Kathy Blake uh, that was published in JAMA Surgery, and you told this fantastic story about Vivian Thomas, a Black man whose pioneering research was overlooked by medicine. Will you just start off by giving a little bit of background about who Vivian Thomas was? So, Todd, first, it's just a joy to work with you again. We've done a number of programs before, and this program is just as important as any other, particularly since the AMA wants to introduce in this very important series commentary that is appropriate for Black History Month. Yes, I had the opportunity to write and publish the story of Vivian Thomas, and not only write and publish the story, but to generate a call of action. By a number of interesting intersections, it became evident to me that there was an opportunity at the STS meeting in January 2020, and the momentum to take this story forward. What I mean by the momentum, as I studied the life and circumstances of Vivian Thomas, I saw so many parallels with my own life. And I thought this story cannot lie dormant. We need to bring this story to the attention of everyone and generate a call to action, a call to action, which was to think about the famous Blaylock Tossett chunk and then name it appropriately for all parties involved in bringing that technology forward not only Dr. Blaylock and Dr. Tosik, but also the now Dr. Thomas. You mentioned that kind of personal connection. And when you look uh, at where uh, uh, Vivian Thomas was in his, in his time and kind of where you are right now, um, that must give you a, you know, a, a, a interesting perspective on what you've gone through to get to where you are as a physician and the frustrations uh, that someone like Vivian Thomas would have had in his own era. So there are parallels and there are contrasts. He started life very poor with nothing but a dream, trying to find a way to get to med school. I've articulated that narrative many times over and it's quite true. The difference is that economic calamity struck the entire country and his dream was halted. In my circumstance, we kept pressing, we kept pressing and opportunities came forward and allowed me to go forward. One wonders, what would have happened if Vivian Thomas would have in fact earned the MD, the PhD? How many more discoveries might have evolved? How many more generations of young persons of multiple backgrounds, ethnicities and races would have been inspired to go forward? That's what happens when we don't really capture the excellence that's embedded in all of us. And that's why this story is so important because it tells us what we might have missed had there not been mentors and champions of Vivian Thomas to bring his work forward. Yeah, and even, even without a stock market collapse and a depression, uh, the, the, the odds of a, of a young Black man at that time, you know, having the opportunity to go to, to, go to medical school in the first place was, uh, it would be an understatement to say limited. 
And so think about why that's the case, though. All of us in organized medicine, me included, recognized the famous Flexner Report at the beginning of the 20th century as the pivot point that took medicine from being a trade to being a profession. By regulating medical education and requiring prerequisites, it elevated the whole discipline of medicine to something that was beyond barbering, which is where it was co-localized in the beginning, to something that was scientifically based. But in the execution of the Flexman Report, the vast majority of minorities serving medical schools were disproportionately closed, not because they didn't meet the bar scientifically, but think of the era we were in in the early 20th century. So only two minority serving medical schools remain. Opportunities were limited. Those persons like Vivian Thomas seeking a medical education thus had an artificial and very difficult barrier in order to realize her dream. And in his case, he didn't realize her dream, but he, he still realized his potential. And that's an important part of the story. Well, let, let's talk about that because even though he, he, he was not able to become a physician, he still made uh, enormous contributions to medicine. How, how did that happen? So let's think about the story in medical history. Let's step away from any race considerations, any social considerations. Working with Dr. Blaylock, they would keenly focus on the exigencies of the time, meaning young men were away at war and were exsanguinating on the battlefield because of injury. So Dr. Blaylock was trying to understand where there's some life-saving, quick procedures appropriate for field applications that would save more of our men that were fighting. As he's trying to understand the pulmonary circuitry as it connects from the heart to the lungs, his fortuitous engagement with Helen Tosic was this great intersection of opportunity where, wait, maybe these surgeries that we're working on to resuscitate those that are going through hemorrhagic blood loss might be appropriate for these children that are dying at such an early age from cyanidic heart disease. And so with Vivian Thomas as his primary partner developing these procedures, they devised this way of recircuiting blood flow so that oxygenated blood could then enter into the cardiovascular circulation in cyanotic children. This was a substantial breakthrough and it began the process of saving lives for the classic blue baby syndrome. And the eponymous procedure was called the Blaylock toxic shunt. That's where we go back and revisit the pain and the challenges that Vivian Thomas experienced being accepted is more than just an orderly or an aide, but as a scientist. Medicine doesn't stand still, and at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. He later then moved uh, with Blaylock then to Johns Hopkins. That's correct. And in Johns Hopkins, really faced exactly what so many other people like him face, such stark segregation, such compelling rejection of his presence in professional environments. But it was Blaylock 
that insisted on bringing Thomas forward. It was Blaylock that invited Thomas into the operating room. It was Blaylock that had Thomas teaching other surgeons how to do this procedure. If you really sit back and digest this story, it's a story about diversity and what happens when there isn't diversity. Think of the talent, the insight that Thomas had. It's a story about allyship. Imagine what would have happened had Dr. Blaylock not served as an ally for Vivian Thomas. It's a story about inclusion. Look at what really happened when you brought together Helen Tosik, a superb pediatric cardiologist, by the way, essentially deaf, who examined children with her hands and eyes. You bring Vivian Thomason with incredible spatial perception, understanding how to bring things together to affect an outcome. And you bring the captain of the ship in the room, Dr. Blaylock. I mean, it makes you almost kind of half hives a bit. You said, boy, what an intersection, what an opportunity, bringing these three different talents in the same room to solve this terrible problem of children born with cyanotic congenital heart disease. That was an eruptive moment in the history of medicine, not just black history, but in the history of medicine. Your description is so evocative. I am seeing the movie as you are, are, are talking through this story. Uh, this did you know, have a tremendous impact then on medicine. We talk a little bit about, uh, about those outcomes. So when we think about this, um, we realized some painful experiences in the history of medicine. Nobody was a saint and everybody was laboring in a cultural environment where there were strike, stark differences between people as a function of skin color. We can't look away from that. In the original report of the Blaylock Tosic procedure, Vivian Thomas was simply not mentioned. When it was revisited some years later, he still wasn't mentioned. It wasn't until the contemporary era where there became uh, a movement to acknowledge his contributions. Johns Hopkins gave him an honorary doctorate degree. His portrait appears in the same portraiture hall now as Dr. Blaylock. And portraiture in medical schools has become an eruptive conversation. And that's a discussion for another time. But he is correctly juxtapositioned with his research partner. All of these were difficult steps that required some plasticity in society and in our judgments of others for it to come forward. But come forward, it did. And so now we're at a pivotal moment, both consequential and regrettable. It's consequential that we are making the effort to really bring Vivian Thomas's name into the references to the Blaylock Tosic shot. And we're using the power of the medical literature to do this so that we can insist that whenever there's reference to the Blaylock Tosic shot, particularly in the JAMA enterprise, that will default to the Blaylock Thomas Tosic shot. So that's the consequential part. The regrettable part is that it took so long. Think about how many people would have been inspired. Think about how many people would have understood these important lessons of diversity, allyship, and inclusion earlier had we trumpeted 
this story soon. But nevertheless, it's there. It's interesting that by my own um, persuasions, I'm not a fan of eponymous procedures because I believe that invites a further exposition, further exploration of individual stories. And I don't think any of us would like to have our stories up for complete public scrutiny. So I think that as time goes on, the right thing for us to do in organized medicine is to take a step back, not from our medical history, but from adorning it with eponymous nomenclature. But in this case, it matters because it forces us to say, why are we making this change? What's the story behind the change? And no matter how you begin this narrative, no matter from what perspective you begin, the way you leave this narrative forces you to think differently about our history. You mentioned regrettable uh, in that second half. And I think one of the other regrettable aspects that we see is that Vivian Thomas was not the only black pioneer to be overlooked by medicine. Uh, does, does uncovering and talking about these stories help create uh, a better and more equitable future for medicine? Absolutely, because it gets us to a very contemporary topic. We think constantly about the um, pernicious influence of subconscious bias in medical decision-making and decisions about who enters the workforce and from what backgrounds, because we apply our stereotypes all the time. One of the most effective tools we have to address implicit bias stereotyping even is introducing positive biases. What happens if you recognize that Vivian Thomas, a black man, was likely predominantly responsible for a life-saving procedure that changed the natural history for thousands of children, you feel a little bit differently. And if you go through the rest of this history, if you think about other contributions of individuals self-described as Black or African-American and realizing that those contributions changed the life and living circumstances for many, then the positive bias shows up and it provides a counterweight for the subconscious biases that can sometimes be so halting on so many people. Dr. Yancey, this has been an inspiring story and thank you so much to you and Dr. Blake uh, for telling it in just uh, a special way uh, as we recognize Black History Month today, this month. Um, that wraps up today's episode and thank you again for being here. Uh, we'll be back soon with another Moving Medicine video and podcast. In the meantime, make sure not to miss any of these fantastic episodes hit subscribe on our YouTube channel or check out all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks again for joining us. Please take care. This has been Moving Medicine, a podcast by the American Medical Association. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. I'm Todd Unger, and this is Moving Medicine.